This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Let's get this mother fucking recap show in the books. What's up? What's up with the What's Up MMA Takes Podcast? I'm your host, Brian Petrie. You probably already know that. What's going on? Got a lot to cover. Got a lot to get over. Got notes, so I don't forget things. Every time I do a fucking podcast, I forget things. Not today, baby. <laughs> got notes. We're going to go over the recap. I'm going to go over a lot of stuff. I got, I got, I'm got. i full of weird emotions. We'll cover it. First things first, got my tattoo. I know, I know. You guys probably are itching to know about the tattoo. But listen, if you're not a tattoo person, I apologize that... I've been taking up your timeline or your your uh, MMA listening time with, with what's going on, but I'm excited, man. It's been it's been about 15 years in the making. It's not done yet. Have a long way to go for the whole sleeve, but what I did get done on Saturday, incredible, incredible stuff. It was such a it was a positive experience. You know, I had three other tattoos, nothing as big as this. I got uh, initials on the back of my arm. I got done by a drunk who took about 10 smoke breaks. I got two initials and this dude took forever to do it. Trying to milk me out of money. It was, I was like 19 years old when I got it done, got the inner arm done by a Russian. Great fucking dude. Problem is, is he's booked. Like he, he blew up in Cincinnati and his style <clears throat> isn't really my style. And then I got the prison style on the, my chest, which took forever to heal. Really nasty. <laughs> so this was a really pleasant experience. It's something I've been wanting to do forever. If you guys have been listening and you know me for a while, you know I'm an impatient motherfucker. So I had to wait. I had to wait about a month out from booking this, but it was worth the wait. It was it was such a cool experience. Got the tiger. Haven't revealed it yet. I'm not you know I'm not gonna do a reveal. Actually, you know what I am because it's not it's not the tiger's not filled in yet. I was gonna wait to take a picture when the tiger's filled in. But if you follow me on MMA Takes Podcast on Twitter, only on Twitter, it's gonna be a Twitter exclusive. No IG. Twitter exclusive. You don't have Twitter. Go get your Twitter. I'll take a picture of it after I upload the podcast. You know, if you're interested, if not, then fuck me. Right. But, uh, it was a cool experience. Listen, um, Carter Gillis, shout out Dana, uh, designs by Dana. One of the oldest tattoo places in Cincinnati. Dana, the guy who runs that, he has two shops in Cincinnati. He's a fucking legend. Carter, a killer dude. Awesome guy. We had a great conversation. You know, I was there three hours. I was worried that, so I was I was mentally prepared to do six, right? I think I mentioned that on the podcast. And then Friday, he told me he booked someone at 3.30. I was coming in at noon. He booked someone at 3.30. Uh, she or he, I'm not sure which one, the client was getting fillers and colors and stuff. So kind of had to get her in or get them. I think it was a girl. Get her in and, and, and get the tattoo done. And um, I was bummed out. I'm like, man, I, I, I really wanted to get the whole thing done. Obviously, I wasn't under the impression that I would get the entire forearm done. I, we, I didn't even have a plan for the bottom part, but I thought I'd get the tiger done. And let me tell you something. I, you know, it's, I, I watch Nick master. Okay. I see, I, I see these guys complaining about the time limits of what size tattoos they can get done. And uh, it's a big fucking piece. I went in and I was a little bummed out. You know what I mean? My expectations get really high. I'm a little child sometimes. And I was like, man, I don't think he'll be able to get it done in three, three and a half hours. And I go in and then I'm like, well, maybe it's going to be a little too small because I got, I got fucking meaty, juicy, thick, just motherfucking thick forearms. I'm like, man, what if it's like too small? I don't want it just to be like 
a little baby tiger, a little cub on my form. I want it to fill out. So I walk in and and he, he puts the paper on. It's, it's bigger than I expected. I'm like, oh, sweet. And then he even goes bigger, which was the right move because of, again, my juicy fucking forearms. And uh, it was awesome. It was a great experience. And then and he fucking hammered away. I mean, we talked and stuff, but for the final hour, he was bust. He knew I wanted to get it done. He knew I wanted to get it colored in. Got everything colored in but the tiger. So I got the leaves. I got the, the gray colored in. You know, it's an intricate tattoo, and it's huge. And he busted ass, and I couldn't be happier. You know, I'm going back uh, July 10th to get the tiger filled in because I got to wait for it to heal and shit because <clears throat> I want to come back the next day. I'm like, do you have anything tomorrow? He goes, oh, I can't. That skin's so sensitive. You can't You can't get back in there for at least two weeks. So it's going to be two weeks to the day. Connor fights that day. It's going to be in the morning. He's coming in two hours early before shift to finish the Tiger for me, which is super badass. Couldn't be happier. And uh, it, it's an awesome piece. It looks fucking dope. My wife likes it. Um, and it's going to look even sick once the whole thing gets complete. Like I said, it's it's maybe 25% complete and the tiger would make it fully colored, make it another 25. And then I'm going to add a bunch of other shit around it, clean up the thing and then get some shading in the background. And then from there, work on up the arm. We talked about that. He has, we had some ideas. I was, I was kind of letting him, uh, you know, he's, he's the artist. I was kind of giving him some ideas what he thinks. I'm going to wait on the upper arm for just a little bit. Obviously it's expensive, but also, um, um, the fact that I don't know exactly what I want. I know I want like a mask, like a Japanese uh, warrior mask. There's four different names for it, and I'm not going to embarrass myself and try to pronounce it. Uh, Izzy wore one out to uh, to the um, Vittori fight. That black mask he wore, it, that is, it's very popular. A lot of people have them. I mean, like most, like I think Sean Brady has it on his back. I think uh, Volkov has a version of that on his back, like whole back cover of these pieces. I'm going to get that on the inside of my arm and, and maybe do something a little different with it. So that's going to be dope. But anyway, tattoo experience, beautiful, which means I missed all prelims. So I missed all the prelims and I'm bummed out because, uh, you know, there's some, there's some good prelims. So let's go over the betting recap. Okay. <sighs> Here we go. So I went, I went down Friday and I didn't, uh, I'm going to make this bigger. I got big old eyes. I got small eyes. Um, so I, I didn't do a ton. The only thing I, I didn't put out, I tweeted it out, but the only thing I didn't tweet out, the untracked is what they say, was uh, Marquez by submission, which was like 10 bucks. Lost that, so it doesn't really matter. But I had Rockmanoff at three units at minus 305, very steep price. He was 250, 245 earlier in the week, and I got him at 305 when I went down there on Friday. Um, he was my mortal lock. I'm bummed out that I can't have, I don't have legal bet- betting in my state and I had to wait that long to get that price, but I was very confident in that pick and, uh, he paid out. I mean, I got, you know, a risk 300 to win a hundred. So probably not the smartest gambling strategy, but I was very confident. Uh, 75 bucks on Volkov. He lost. We'll get to that fight. Very confident in that underdog play, but what are you going to do? Uh, 50 bucks on 10 means half unit. Uh, he came out one there. That was my old flip flop, my old flippity flop. Uh, and then I had feeling Barcelos at a 60 bucks, uh, 0.6 units, um, little parlay there at plus one Oh six Philly pushed and Barcelos lost very close fight. Um, I'm not going to be super angry at the, with the judges there. I would have liked to stole it. I thought it was a very close fight. I thought it could have been a draw and both my fights would have pushed. I would have got my money back. That would have been nice. I thought Barcelos did a 10, eight in that second round, but, uh, fuck me. Right. 
So uh, yeah, so that uh, that was my betting recap. And he and here's here's what we're. I, so I wasn't, I, you know, I was probably going to say this. I'm, I'm going to get into it. It's nothing negative or whatever. It's just going to kind of expose me a little bit here. So, but you know, I don't give a fuck, right? I'm I'm trying to be as transparent and as real as I can be. So, you know, I listen to a lot of MMA podcasts, right? I listen to a lot of other cappers. I try to I try to take from other cappers. Very rarely do other people talk a ton about other cappers, right? Unless they're really good buddies with them. A lot of people like to ignore the fact that they listen to other cappers and or influenced by them. We're all competitive guys. We're all trying to get an edge. We're all trying to be, you know, make money off this shit. And uh, there's a, a lot of cappers I don't like. And there's a lot I really do like and respect, right? It, it, it goes hand in hand. Re- with that being said, even if I don't like a capper, I'll never be upset if they win money. Ever, ever, ever. That's the name of the game, Right. We, us against the books. If I don't like this guy, I'm never rooting for the books. You root for the guy, even though he may be a hack, he may be this, he may be that, you don't like his style, whatever the case might be, that's fine. There is a guy I really like, MMA Lock in the Night, great guy, been on his show, we've talked, I'm going to try to get him on the trivia show that I'm, I'm still working right now, and uh, awesome dude, right? He, he's the hardest working guy in this space, he's full time with it now. Um, the guy does like four shows a week. He has the tape index. He does his own competition. That Christian on the show uh, on on our po- on this podcast, he um, he plays and wins and, and does great. His mom plays and, and I think maybe his wife's gonna play this new this new time. He's trying to get me to play. It's a, it's a great idea. It's awesome that Locke does that. Uh, awesome dude, right? And I had a weird emotion happen, right? I'm not a jealous person, right? And MMA Lock in the night. Manpreet, my guy, he won 18 grand on this crazy parlay that he hit from, I believe, PFL, maybe Bellator, and the UFC. And it was like a 12, I think it was like a 12 fight parlay. It could have been way more. 500 bucks, one's like 18 grand, right? And my first thought was like, that's sick. And I liked the tweet and stuff. I'm like, fuck yeah, Manpreet, that's awesome. And I've been on a little bit of a cold streak, right? I haven't been super hot. I'm not lighting up the books, right? And, uh, and then all of a sudden after I'm, I, I keep showing Twitter and I had this weird feeling and I was like, wait a second, what, what's going on here? I'm not mad, right? Right. I'm not going to be mad about that. Why? You know, the guy's winning money. He's, he's a, a friend of mine. I mean, we're not best friends, but I would say we're friends. We're friendly in the space. He's had me on. He's put me on. He's a good guy. I've helped him out with some audio stuff and I keep showing Twitter and I'm trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Right. I try to process all my emotions. I lay everything on the table and I'm just like, what, what is this feeling? It was jealousy. I was jealous. I haven't been jealous in a very long time. I used to have a very big jealous streak <clears throat> in high school when it came to like my girlfriend, I was very protective and just overly insecure and haven't felt that way in a while. And so it really hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, what the fuck? What? And I mean, who wouldn't be? I think there's a lot of guys out there who are this guy, this guy hit fucking an 18 K parlay. That's amazing. That's more than anybody's going to hit in their life, right? I've never hit that much. Like I've hit, I don't even know if I've hit, I mean, I definitely hit maybe over a thousand parlay before, like one, a thousand bucks, maybe a handful of times, but I'm not a huge parlay guy. That's why I, I moved to the straight wages, but, uh, yeah, hold on, my phone's like blowing up here. Uh, Hasbulla. YouTube just recommended you Hasbulla. If you've seen Hasbulla, that, that kid cracks me up. Or Yeah, he's a kid. Grown man, kind of 18 years old. But anyway, um, you know, 
I, I've never won that much straight wagering or what. I think, I, you know, the most I've ever had in an account at one time is maybe like close to $6,000. And I'm like, why am I, why does this jealousy coming over? He, he's, he deserves it. He's the man. Like, I understand like if it was someone I wouldn't like. And it's just, I think what really happened is, is, is I'm in a slump. I'm ice, fucking ice man. And I feel like there's I'm lacking something on my breakdowns. There's I'm doing everything I'm doing that I have been doing, and I think it's time to maybe change some things up. This is all internal. This is this is all just my thought process. You know, I I like to pick a certain way. I like to maybe go on some instincts. Maybe I need to lean on the numbers more. I've never really wanted to do a pick em podcast and just start blurting out a bunch of percentages and numbers. Cause I've always felt like that, that uh, alienizes uh, a few of the, the listeners who are tuning in and going, I don't care that, you know, honey, Bocellus lands 78% of take whatever it is. Right. I think that can kind of get lost. It's almost like a math class. Um, and I don't think Locke does that Locke. Obviously he's really good at what he does. He, he sprinkles things in, but there's a lot of cappers who are very successful that do do that. And since I'm ice right now and I just got jealous of my friend winning 18 K it put me in a little bit of a crossroads, right? I'm like, what, 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 what is emotion, right? And it all leans back to me. It's all on me. It's, it's me. I have to get better and I'm not phoning it in. I'm as passionate as ever. You know, I have two kids. I'm busy with, with, with them. You know, I got a little one who is, who is a handful and uh, you know, my work's not, I mean, I, I've been doing it for, for 14, almost going on 15 years. So my work's the same. I mean, I can't use that excuse. And I love doing it more than anything. I think, you know, obviously there's some things, sometimes I get distracted. I'm, I'm not a good multitasker with my brain, but I need to, I need to switch some things up. This is kind of good that we're having an off week this week. There's no fights this weekend, uh, no UFC fights this weekend, I should say. So it's kind of good. I'm going to have a little bit of a, little bit of a breather here and really try to think of a different way to cap and a different way to, to study. Like my first instinct was, was, you know, go, go in now. And obviously I've looked at the UFC 264 card. I, you know, I, I already have plays in my head. I already know what I want to do. I'm, I'm do, but I'm not looking at film right now. And a lot of times I, you know, I do look at film, but I also just go with like what I've seen in my head because I believe in myself more than like watching film that maybe can change my mind because in the past it's actually fucking burned me before I've convinced myself. Otherwise when my gut was this, basically what I'm saying is I've always trusted my gut and, uh, you know, it didn't, it, it hasn't hit for me recently. Right. So I'm going to need to change some things up. I think maybe I'm going to need to be a little more aggressive. I think maybe, you know, I retired the slime ball that might be coming back. I don't know. I, I gotta, I gotta switch some things up here. I want, I want to provide entertainment for you guys. First and foremost, you guys are spending your days with me. You're listening to me, you know, they're the YouTube, uh, you can watch me now. I, I sent that clip out of me switching on to means, Finally starting to, you know, like video editing again and, and adding good audio to it. And I'm going to record every pick them from here on out unless I'm like, you know, you know, disfigured or something. But um, yes, change is coming on the way I do things is what I'm trying to say. It's a long way of saying Locke is the best in the business. What he does, he's very, very good. He just hit 18K. I want that. It's motivation. It was jealousy turned to motivation because I respect the hell out of the guy. He's a great guy. But it. I question myself, like, we need to be getting this. And, of course, the guy is fucking. If you hear that, this, you hear that in the background? My mic's a little hot right now. My neighbor across the street sits in his parking parking lot, sits in his garage. Fuck. <laughs> driveway. Fuck you. Uh, sits in his driveway and just revs his motorcycle. 
and then finally takes off and he comes back in like 10 minutes. Like, dude, you, it took you 20 minutes to warm the fucking thing up. At least get a good drive in. I mean, what are we doing? But um, yeah, so I'm changing some things up. It, it, it's not going to affect the show at all. The only thing you're going to see is me giving more winners is what I'm going to say. And maybe you're going to see if you tail my picks or if you follow my picks on um, on Twitter, maybe I'm going to get a little more aggressive with my betting. I think that's the way to go. Maybe I've been a little sheepish. I've stayed away from parlays, props. I started diving in props. They haven't really been fruitful for me. I like single bets, but you know, I'm going to change some things up. That's all you need to know. But sometimes, you know, you have a good card. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. I mean, that's it. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it may be shit. That's what happens. I mean, one more time. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. That's what we're doing here. All right, let's go. We got Siagan versus Alexander Volkov. Uh, Gan got a five. Let's just go right away. I'm a five-star man! I'm a five-star man. Listen, um, I broke this down on Twitter a little bit when I was at board at work today. I had Volkov. I thought Volkov... I thought he's just going to use his size and experience. I mean, he's got, I mean, he's got over 40 fights and gone has all, I know he has a lot of kickboxing and Muay Thai fights. I realize that, but that's different than MMA. And, uh, he only ate, this was his ninth MMA fight and he looked really good. His cardio held up with a guy like Volkov. You can't stand in front of him. You're going to get kicked up. You know, Volkov is, is, is not a huge like power threat. He's more of like a volume guy. He does have some, but knockout power, but it's not like crazy. And gone just really, I like his stance switches. I like his stance. It's like a little bit of a karate. He's bouncing all the time. He's, he's never flat-footed until he gets a little comfortable, maybe slows down. Then he's walking forward. His kicks were good. Uh, his hands look pretty good. It, it, you know, his grappling is, they didn't really grapple much in this fight, but his grappling is obviously coming. He's well-built for this division. You know, 6'4", bricked up. Um, and I, I like this kid a lot. I was dead wrong in this fight. I thought Volkov was going to be a little more confident. Thought he had a little more swag to him. Um, with his uh, with his new size and his little bit of winning streak, he's been in there with a the better competition, uh, whether he's lost or won or whatever. And uh, he just didn't look sharp in there. It looked like he maybe, you know, after f- first couple rounds, couldn't get a beat on gone. and was like, you know, I'm, I'm a beat man. Then he slowed down. You know, when you get on that size, when you tack on that motherfucking size, things things fall to the wayside and what falls is is your cardio and uh volkov's cardio was it's not bad i mean he was in there five rounds he didn't like gas out completely like a mark hunt situation or or you know a greg hardy situation but you know he was in there and, and it was competitive but i thought gone 50 45 i know a couple people when we go volkov some of those early around or one, at least one of those early rounds i didn't i had a 50 45 or gone five star man volkov got a two um and then the news now is i was gonna do at the end of the show but why is might as well do it now lewis gone Derek Luzer Sirogan is now for the interim heavyweight title. Francis, Frankie Murder. Let me tell you something. You're suspect. You're suspect, bro. You're sussy, bro. Um, this is a guy, Francis, who complained that that Stipe was hold, holding up the division, right? Stipe, who was like 37, you know, only has to fight once a year. He was the champion. He was making good pay-per-view money. Has a full-time job as a fireman. Was like, hey, I'm going to fight once a year. Francis, like, you're holding up the division, bro. You're holding it up. This is a guy who won the title not that long ago. I mean, a couple months ago. Didn't serve any damage. UFC wanted him in June. They're like, we need you in June. We need we need a pay-per-view in June from you. He said no, right? As far as I know, he said no. I don't know if he's injured. I don't think so. But he he said no. And then they said, we need you in August. And he said no again, right? And this is what I'm hearing 
via Reddit, his manager came out and made a statement saying, listen, and, and I'm not one of those fucking clowns, so don't treat me like one. I don't think Francis is ducking anybody, okay? That motherfucker's got the death touch. He's not a scared, he's not scared to fight either of these guys. Gone, former trainer partner, Derek Lewis, who we froze in front of. He's not afraid to fight either of these guys. I'm sure he wants to get the Lewis fight back. I think he matches up well with Gone. Um, that'd be an interesting fight if I'm being honest with you. But it's so quick for them to add an interim title. So everyone is so anti-UFC. UFC sucks, Dana pressure and fighters, this and that. You gotta realize it's a business. And if you're a champion, they expect you to fight. Francis is a huge star. If you see him on the pay-per-views, when he gets when he's shown on the big screen, he blows up. Like the crowd blows up for him. This guy is, is a marketing master. He's a fucking giant, well-spoken, good-looking power puncher with an incredible story, right? Who's not going to buy that? The 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 fight game, the promoters come in their pants over a heavyweight like Francis Agano. And something's happening where he's not fighting. Now, I remember, and this is my assumptions, but I remember many, many moons ago when Francis, right before the Derek Lewis fight or maybe the, before the Stevie fight, one of his losses, uh, Dana said he, he started getting a little Hollywood on me. He started to get a little bit of big headed on me. Um, again, I don't trust everything Dana says, but it's kind of weird to, to say that if, if there's no factual evidence. And the fact that Francis said no to two different dates, that should be acceptable and then has already came out on record and said he doesn't want to rematch Stipe. So either you're fighting Derek Lewis or you're you're going to get an interim title shot here because they need to keep the thing moving. They're going to Houston, I believe, in August. That's where they want to do it. That's a big thing. And for some reason, Francis can't get ready. Now, if he's injured, that's a whole other story. Now, if Francis is like, hey, can we do it maybe in September? There's a lot of layers to the story. I just find it very odd and peculiar, if I said that word right, that Francis was throwing shots at Stipe and yet, you know, can't defend his title within a couple months after winning it. So Sirogan getting the interim title shot. I think he earned it. I think either of these guys were to get Lewis. I think they had this plan before this main event because they knew Francis wasn't going to be ready or he wasn't willing to do it. Whatever the case might be. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Sirogan versus Francis, or excuse me, Derek Lewis, fun fight. Winner fights Francis. Hopefully if Francis decides to fight, I know he's come out and said a couple things about, he doesn't know why the Paul brothers make all his money or whatever. I, you know, what are you going to do? Maybe he's, maybe he's unhappy about the money. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a money thing. His manager did come out and, and make a few um, statements. It's very vague. Just basically saying, I'm, I assure you he's not ducking anyone, which if anybody thinks he's ducking anyone, I mean, you're stupid, but um, it's clearly there's something going on. There's something going on. And obviously it, it's either the lack of motivation, the lack of, you got to pay me. It could be the John Jones thing. Maybe he only wants a John Jones fight. Maybe he thinks he's such a big deal that he can pick his own fights. Not really sure, uh, but we'll see. We'll see in the coming weeks what's go, what what, uh, what happens, what he says, what Dana says, what the managers say. We'll get all the stories, and uh, yeah, we'll decide then. Tanner Berger was OSP. I had Bozierness. Oh, by the way, I went 7-6 uh, to six on my picks. Not, not great. Uh, I mean, above 500. You saw my my betting recap, you know. Again, let me just. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. So that's what it is. Uh, Three point two out of five. I thought the card was pretty good. I missed the uh, prelims. I have since went went back and rewatched some of them. Not all of them, unfortunately. Uh, it's really hard to go back to me at least on Apple TV and really watch like an ESPN event. Um, and then I've 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 been busy 
since uh obviously it's monday but you know whatever what are we gonna do so i didn't i didn't give anybody in the the prelims a star rating because i really hate wa- not watching fights live i hate it i can't watch it on tape delay it distracts me i hate that other people know what happens before i do i, I hate it anyway tanner bozer versus osmp osp tanner bozer got a two and osp got a one i don't know why i gave bozer such a low rating maybe because of the Alir latifi fight um there was a possible fence grab. They slowed it down. It, it didn't look like he hooked his fingers in there. It looked like he used his knuckles to get up. It was kind of a weird situation. Uh, you know, he said it was legal. He said he didn't hook fingers in. They got a million cameras. If they didn't see his fingers hooked in, then it's legal. You can push off the cage. You very much can you you know you can use your feet to push off the cage. He basically just dragged his knuckles to get up. It was pretty impressive. But uh I don't know why he gave him such a low number. He knocked out OSP. It was, it was a good knockout. The first round was was competitive. This is a guy who was basically in no training camp, living in a hotel, coming coming into the OSP fight, willing to go three rounds against a athletic dude. Problem with OSP, he just doesn't throw. He's just so happy to wait, 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 wait. You know, and he, and he has power, but I don't think he's that. I don't know if he's that that kind of power. But yeah, maybe against fucking Shogun Hua, who's like fifty. But you know, I don't know if you have that power against these young guys that are coming at you. Um, I, you know, maybe I give 10 or two because I just don't think the ceiling's super high for him at heavyweight. Yes, he looked good. Yes, he got a knockout over OSP, who's who's older, coming out the heavyweight, hasn't won a heavyweight. I mean, it's a good win because of the name value. OSP has a name, but uh, the guy's got 16 losses now, 15 losses. I mean, it's not the, the biggest deal in the world. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I was, I was super critical though. Well, I was super critical. Timur Valley versus Honey Bosself. Both guys got a three. I love this fight. Competitive, competitive fight. I had Barcelos obviously in a parlay. I was confident him. Honey was uh is a guy was kind of a dark horse for me in this division. And um props. Sorry, I took a big drink there. Props to all the cappers who read this line right. Um Timur Valley, obviously Trevin Jones knocked him out. Then he had an unimpressive decision win. Has a great record coming into the UFC, right? I know the Trevor Jones loss wasn't a real loss, but it is. He got knocked out. A fight he was dominating, but he got knocked out. And Andy Barcelo, enter Barcelos, who really hasn't had a problem his last few fights. The guy's been been a workhorse. His, his stand-up's good. His wrestling's good. His jiu-jitsu's pretty good. And Timur Valley, uh, you know, has, has shown a little bit of a chin issue. He's been caught before. He's been knocked out before. And he comes out here, and he fights really smart. You know, his his uh, his cardio was great. His Game plan that that first round was really good. He was he was throwing a lot of awkward stuff, and Honey couldn't get off. And then Honey got off in the second round. The second half of that second round, Honey almost finished him, dropped him twice. It was brutal to me. That to ten eight, and then Valley I thought squeaked out the third. So I think it was a draw. Decision majority for Teamer Valley. I can't get upset with it. It was an amazing fight. Both guys really showed out. Very evenly matched. Interesting guys at one thirty five because even though Barcelos lost, I still think he gives a lot of guys at one thirty five problems. With his style, with his wrestling, without if you go in there and you think you can take him down, you're not gonna be able to. And he can take you down, right? I, I think his cardio when he when he in that second round, he, he he gassed out a little bit. He looked good in the third round, right? Don't get me wrong, he wasn't completely gassed, but he definitely did spend a lot of energy. Um I just felt like a bug just touched me. What's going on there? <laughs> I don't like bugs. Um he spent a lot of energy trying to finish Valley in that in that second round and, and couldn't get it done. He looked a little tired. Uh, in that second round, but rerounded well for the third in, in Valley, who looked like he was nowhere, like in no man's land on the ground at the end of that second. Rebounded well, and Mark Henry's a fucking beast in that corner and really, really got him up and got him going for that third round. And 
he went out there and, and was aggressive and, and wasn't afraid. Like, yeah, I, I just got checked, but I'm coming fucking come for your neck. But uh, I like that. I like this kid. You know, I, I don't love him, but I like him. It, it was a very impressive win. Um, either way you slice it, I think Sharps, who who were on Valley, read that line. They read it well. Uh, he was a pretty significant underdog, and, and he, he he's a solid fighter that just Vegas read wrong, and, and the Sharps took the books, and I like it. I was on the other end of it. I was I was the one that backed Barcelos, and it really wasn't much of a line play for me. This was more of a, a personal, I think Barcelos is very good, and Timur Valley showed up. You know what I mean? I think this was a very competitive fight. I, I never thought Barcelos was going to steamroll him, but... Um, you know, it was it was an entertaining fight. Andre Feely versus Daniel Pineda. Andre Feely, where are we at here? Andre Feely got a four and Pineda got a four. This was no contest. Love this fight as well. Feely, a guy who I've doubted a lot. I, I took him in a parlay. I almost took him straight up as well. I almost had him a couple different ways. I almost had him by finish as well. There was a stat going around on Twitter where Feely's like the six of a seven fights go to decision or whatever. He's usually a decision machine. I was going to break the trend and go Philly by finish. I thought I had it in the first round. Obviously, I didn't place the bet anyway, so it didn't matter. But it would have been nice to get the hunch right and try to get some confidence back. But uh, this fight was awesome, right? And the reason Pineda got a four, it had nothing to do with his uh, performance. It was everything to do with his toughness, okay? Now, I don't want to doubt fighters' toughness. Every fighter that steps in that fucking cage is tough. But there's a there's definitely levels to this shit, right? Daniel Panadia got his shit rocked in that first round, bad, wobbled, body drop, body kick, liver shot, dropped him, head kick, cut him, got dropped with the hands. Everything Philly threw hurt him. Philly wasn't slowing down. Panadia doesn't have the best cardio, so you knew he was gonna get tired in that second round. Caught an accidental eye poke, a pretty a pretty nasty one. Couldn't open his eye. You get poked enough in your eye, and your eye gets shoved back. Your muscles in your eye just they just stop. You can't open it. it, it you know, it, it, it's actually happened to me years ago when I was playing in a pool when I was like twelve years old. I got poked in the eye and just couldn't open it because the muscles retracted. My uh, friend's mom was a nurse, and that's what she told me, so I believe it. And now I'm passing the medical advice on to you. You're welcome. But this fight was awesome. It had everything. Philly looked so good. Philly fought. If he would have stopped this fight or the fight wouldn't end in a five poke, he would have, I poke, excuse me, he would have been a five-star man for sure. But Pineda getting eye poked, clearly compromised, right? Getting the shit kicked out of him. And he tells the doctor and the ref, I'm good, I'm good. The ref's like, the ref was so animate. He looked like fucking the crocodile hunter. I have no idea what this guy's alpha was. He was the crocodile hunter in there. <laughs> change your outfit dude what are you doing dude r.i.p steve Irwin. he comes in and he immediately wants to stop the fight right you know there's there's all this argument well why did he get five minutes apparently that's up to the ref whatever i'm not even talking about that i'm talking about this ref can't go this uh doctor came in and was like nah dude you can't see and Panetta's like, well, give me a minute let me wipe my eye give me he looked he wasn't looking for no way out after getting dominated that first round right so automatically much respect from that because a lot of fighters and everyone's blaming Aljamain. A lot of fighters are looking for way outs now. And Aljamain, I, I think, you know, we, we've been over this. I don't think that is as egregious as Romanoff or as egregious as Alan Patrick. These guys who immediately go, I can't, I can't, I'm done. You know what I mean? Or Diego Sanchez when he got need. Um, guys are looking for a way out. Pineda wasn't looking for a way out. He just couldn't open his fucking eye. The doctor's like, how many fingers I got up? He held three up. He said one. Then he held one up. He's like, ah, you know, he's trying to lie to the doctor. He's like, I'm good. Just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. And you had to call it, right? His eye wouldn't open up. He's doing 
the interview with DC, you know, whatever, two, three minutes later, and he still can't open his eye, right? His eye, the muscles were retracting in his eye and he couldn't open it up. Um, much respect to fucking Daniel Pineda. What a savage that dude is. Been around for a while. I know he's hasn't had the most incredible run in the UFC right now. That's his third fight in the UFC on his new contract. They got to resign this guy. He's going to be action packed. He's not going to he's not going to quit in there. Maybe run it back with Philly, even though I think Philly wins. Maybe move on from this. I think we all kind of can give Philly a win for this, even though it's a no contest. But um, and, and obviously there's a discussion that needs to be made. I've I've talked about it before. They need new gloves, hundred percent. Everyone gets to Twitter, says, do something about the gloves. Dan Hardy was on that train. 100%. They need to do something about the gloves, but the problem is they're not. And another problem is, is, is I've been a fan for a very, very long time. I've, I've, I watched every event. I don't remember this amount of no contests after an eye poke or after a nut shot or after whatever. They're starting to stack up. They really, really are. And I don't know what it's going to take to get new gloves. I truly don't. But... um. Whatever it is, we need to get it done. I know there's like a weird, again, Trevor Whitman has explained it before. There's a weird contract they have with this fucking, it used to be Century. Now it's another company that makes these gloves. Listen, whatever it is, break the contract, pay the money that, you know, whatever the contract is, hire someone else. I know it takes probably weeks to months to manufacture enough gloves for an event or to actually have enough stock for future events. You have an event every weekend. I understand that. But hopefully someone's on it, and hopefully, you know, I don't I don't watch a ton of Dana's post prep uh, post press comments anymore. But are people asking about this? Because I need you know, like, are these media asking about this, or they just want to talk about Nate Diaz smoking weed? Like, let's fucking get someone asked about this. All right, next up, Timmy Means business versus Nicholas Dalby, my old flip flop flip flop in the night. Uh, Tim Means one, I had this fight right. I actually bet him to another uh, small little cash for your boy. Uh, not 18 grand, but small. And it's uh, Tim Means got a three and Dolby got a two. You know, this is kind of what I was talking about. I shared the clip. I was joking around about instincts or whatever, but I just simply broke this fight down wrong. Dolby's a third round fighter, right? He's going to win a lot of three rounds. He's going to win a lot of close fights. He's going to lose a lot of close fights. Tim Means, though, is so well-rounded that I just overlooked all that. I just thought Dolby's going to win. I saw the plus number. I got excited. And Tim Means did exactly what I thought he was going to do. He went out there, and Dolby jumped on him. Dolby was was aggressive. But Tim's just sharp, man. He's sharp with his, in the clinch. He's sharp uh, on the stand-up. He landed a nice takedown on Dolby in that first round. He's strong for 170 because he's got the length. And uh, this was this was an entertaining fight. Dolby definitely came on in that third round and won the third round. But uh, Tim Means won the first two. It was 29-28, clear as day to me. Um, both guys on the older end. I mean, Dolby's only 19 and four. He does great outside the UFC. Like to see him start winning in the UFC. I don't know if his style separates him from anybody, right? You know, he's going to be in these really drag out fights. He needs, he doesn't have like crazy knockout power. I mean, he's got power, but it's not like crazy. His finishing isn't high level with submissions or anything. So he needs to really kind of maybe work on that. And Tim Means, I mean, this guy, you can put him in there with anybody. It's going to be an exciting fight. I mean, this guy's 37. Uh, Carlos Conant, the battle of New Mexico would be great. There's a lot of fights for Tim Means left, and uh, I enjoy that fight. Next up, Romato Mokano versus Jai Herbert. Mokano got a three. Herbert got a one. Herbert, listen, bud, uh, you just got to stay on your feet. You just got to stay on your motherfucking feet. You couldn't do it. Mokano didn't really look like his takedowns were all that crazy to me. I mean, he might be strong, and his technique might be a little sloppy or awkward to me watching it, but... They look like his takedowns were all that crazy. Obviously, his top game's very, very good. His jiu-jitsu's very good. But 
Herbert, uh, you know, the, the, the problem I saw was just those takedowns just were giving up way too easy. And he worked pretty well in the first one off his back, but you're eventually going to slow down. I mean, any guy can look really good off his back in the first round when you got full energy and you can stand up and then, you know, try to keep it on the feet, land some good shots more kind of on the feet, but you're eventually going to slow down. You got to work on that takedown offense. The takedown, you don't work, don't let it get to the ground. I mean, I felt like he got taken down way too easy. He's 0 and 2 in the UFC now. Um, two bad losses, two finishes against solid competition, Trinaldo and, and Moicano. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I really don't know what you do with Herbert. Give him a striker maybe. I mean, Trinaldo knocked him out even though he's doing well. Give him a striker, you know, and see if he can win that fight. This is a guy who's a champion outside there, uh, outside the UFC with a little bit of hype. A lot of people like him. And let's see what he got. So, you know, give him a striker. Uh, Kennedy and Zikwu, Zikwu and Zikachuwu. Whatever, Kennedy versus Tanoa Marquez. Uh, I caught the end of this fight. I got home right when this fight was starting the third round. I did not go back and rewatch it. Uh, Marquez, apparently, from everything I was seeing, was basically 10 him pretty much throughout the fight, taking him down, winning. I had him by submission, thought it was going to happen. Kennedy, again, this dude, big, strong 205er, looked like he survived on the ground, and, and he's got cardio and he's got power. A guy I fade quite a bit in Kennedy. I, I picked Olberg over him, and now I picked Marquez over him as well. And he's cashing tickets for people. Respect to Kennedy. Um, again, I didn't star this fight because I didn't see the whole thing. Um, but, yeah, respect to Kennedy and Juku uh, over Dylan Marquez, who, again, is is very good at jiu-jitsu, very one-dimensional. When I saw the, the finish, and, and some people complain about the finish a little bit, I didn't. Like, Marquez was done. He was tired. He was getting hit. He was turning his back. He was going sideways. I mean, it was it was a matter of time before the guy got hurt. You know, you got to stop it. It was, it was a TKO on the feet, but, you know, you, you, you got to stop it. Next up, Shav, uh, Shavkat Rachmanov versus Michelle Paredes. Uh, Rachmanov, this is my dude right here, okay? This is a guy that is going to be a problem. He dominated Pizarro on the ground, a guy who's never been finished in the UFC, and he looked he made it look easy. And, and Pizarro is, is a short, thick, stubby, strong motherfucker for 170. 155 is, was most of his career, but... Rachmanov is the exact opposite build. Tall, lanky, um, and and just dominated, dude. This kid, this kid is at Sanford MMA. He's he's, fight, he's training out of there and he's he's a fucking stud. 14-0. A lot of people are talking about how Chamayev turned down Luke Rockhold. Uh, why doesn't Chamayev fight this guy? Right? Or is it too soon for that? Two up and coming guys. I, I I would love to see that fight. Chamayev versus Rachmanov. I think Rachmanov is is a fucking stud. He was my big bet of the weekend. He was my mortal lock. I know it's chalky. I know it's big. Um, I should have emptied. I should have only done one bet. Take my whole fucking bank account, my whole DraftKings account, and put it on Rachmanov. Um, it would it wouldn't yield it a great result. I mean, I wouldn't. I would have been up as opposed to when I am now. But uh, awesome performance. Again, I only got to saw bits and I did rewatch this fight back, but. You know, it's just pure domination on Rachmanov. He would get five stars from me, but again, I can't rate it because I didn't watch it live. I, I just, I have a weird thing in my fucking brain. I'm sorry. Jeremiah Wells versus Warley Alves. Jeremiah Wells, man, this kid's got some power, man. He looks like he's got power, and he knocked out. He flatlined Alves. Good for him. Taking this fight on short notice. Six days, comes out there aggressive, not afraid of the vet, not afraid of the guy who's had However many, he basically has grown up in the UFC. Alves has, has a win over Colby Covington, has a huge win over uh, uh, Manar Lelez last time out and comes out and flatlines Alves. Great win by Jeremiah Wells. This is a guy who I told you on the breakdown. I didn't, I didn't really look up much tape of him. I picked Alves. I stayed away from the fight. Um, People were confident in Wells. People who knew him a lot more than I did, obviously. I'm going to pay attention now because this dude has some power 
And I love when fighters take chances like that. A lot of people want to protect their record. A lot of people want to protect their brand or so to speak. And they don't want to take fights on six days notice against a guy like Alvis because they're like, well, if I wait, maybe I'll get a contenders in a better matchup. It's, it's a business. There's a business side of everything. And Wells was like, fuck that six days. Let's go. I, you know, I don't care. What do you got to lose? I'm signing the UFC. I know I'm going to look good. And he probably knew he's going to go in there and fucking knock him out. So uh, good for Jeremiah Wells. I like when guys risk it for the biscuit and it pays off for him. That's awesome. Uh, Marcin Pra uh, Pracnio versus Eichmann Weber. Way off on this fight. Pracnio's chin bothers me, but it looks like he's found his rhythm. It looks like he's found his distance. He's found, he's a good striker. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's just the chin. And it looks like he's found his distance. He's found some defense. He's found some movement. He's found some cardio. All those things add up to a, a, a good chin and a good, you know, elusive game. And that body kick on Ike Villaneva. I know everyone loves a really good sick knockout to like the head and the guy sleeps and everything. I, I 100% agree with you. I love those too. But they don't feel those. You get kicked in the head, right? You get, Your lights go out. You don't feel it. You wake up and you might have a headache, but you don't feel that shit. That body shot that he hit him with, that liver shot, Ike Fulaneva's whole body, I guarantee you he thought he was shitting out his organs. It's so bad, and it was such a beautiful kick. It, it was awesome. I really, really enjoyed that performance by Marcin Pracnio. Um, That kick was was sick. I had Ike Fulaneva as an underdog. I thought he was going to win. It, his back was against the wall. He needed to win the UFC. This is probably bye-bye for old Ike Fulaneva, and uh, I thought he was going to come out aggressive and, and really try to Test that chin of Pracnio on Pracnio fought a really smart fight and, and that body kick, man. I'm still thinking about it. It is fucking nasty. Julia Via versus Julia Storolenko. Avia is a bad bitch. Came out, dominated this fight, and, and then got the submission over the submission ace. What can I say? Great post-fight interview. Got blood all over DC. She hugged DC. Uh seems like a good girl. I didn't watch this fight, I only saw the highlights. And uh Julia Avia, you know, stud. I should have bet her. Um but you know she's a little pricey for me. But either either way, she looked fucking st looked good. Beat a beat an expert and and finished her too. There's not a lot of finishing going on in women's MMA. And when you come out and you dominate for three rounds and you go and get you know she could have coasted. She could have been like fuck it. I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a decision when she's like no no I don't want this bitch to say she went to the cards with me. I'm gonna fucking take her neck. I'm gonna choke her out. I like that mentality. Julia Villa again a girl who's very good. Is the ceiling high for her at 135? Yes, but I don't think she's fucking with Nunez. I don't think she's beating Nunez, but anybody can get a shot at 135 at this point because there's not super high contenders right there at number one or number two. Obviously, Pena's getting a shot after Pena. It could be Avila, and I'm sure Avila will get another matchup, but it could be. Charles Rose versus Justin James. This one hurt, so I did not watch this fight at all. Um, split decision loss. Justin James, 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 porn star. Uh, he came out this week and said he's putting his whole purse his fight purse, right? Is that what he said? 25K or something like that? Maybe not his whole purse. Maybe it was. I don't know. On himself. He said, I'm going to bet on myself. It is, it is basically his last fight in the UFC. I think loser leaves town because neither guy has, has won a fight in a while. And, and he goes out there and, and uh, you know, he fights Charles Rosa, who's, who's kind of one-dimensional. He's durable, but he's kind of one-dimensional. He wants to be on top. You know, he's shit from the bottom. His stand-up's garbage, but he's tough. And, um... You know, is it, everything I've read, it was a competitive fight. I don't think any people were really upset with the decision. It being split. The one thing you saw, there's a gift going around and, and, and people that were recapping the fight. There's a moment in the third round where Rosa was a little bit tired, maybe out on his feet. And James went in for a takedown. 
as opposed to trying to finish it on the feed. He, he shot him for a takedown. And there's like a like uh Felder in 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 uh DC were like, oh, that's like a gift of him going, What are you doing? Like you had him out. Why are you shooting him for a takedown? You know what I mean? So, you know, Justin James, he he's a Vegas guy. He likes to take fights on short notice. That's how he got in the UFC. Maybe go get a couple wins, maybe get a call. You know, who knows? And then Demir Hazovic versus Yancey Medeiros. Another fight I did not watch. I got I picked uh Demir. And it looked like he won a decision. Third round, Yancey Medeiros apparently dominated. And, you know, Yancey's a durable, tough fucking dude. And that's what he's going to do. I apologize that the recap wasn't super in-depth. Again, your boy getting tied up. Your boy getting tied up on Saturday. So, uh, I missed it. All right. So, no UFC this week. I'm probably, I don't want to make promises I can't keep. But I'm probably going to put out some kind of video this week. Go to MMA Takes podcast on youtube subscribe getting some good subscribers there. i got 64 we can bump those numbers up those are rookie numbers let's get them up and then uh obviously i'm gonna take podcast on twitter ig and uh yeah follow me on all social medias rate and review on apple's podcast and let's go um but yeah there might be some video up i'm trying to maybe do a trivia i don't really know again i don't know if i have time there's not enough time in the day you know what i mean all right. Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.